Welcome back to another special South by Southwest edition of Chats with the Starving Artists with Movement 50 and Huck Storyhouse. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. All of your support, all of the subscriptions, all of the feedback, very, very much appreciated. In this episode, we chat with the founder of Blendor, Stephanie Lampkin. And unfortunately, we ran into some technical difficulties with this interview. So the first two or three minutes of our dialogue got cut off, unfortunately. Just a little bit more on Stephanie. Originally from Washington, D.C., she's a tech entrepreneur and the founder of Blendor, a blind recruiting app that facilitates job matching based on merit and not molds. She's down at South by Southwest to receive an award from Movement 50 just on all of her efforts and all of the things that she's done to promote diversity in the tech space. We're going to go ahead and jump right in on this episode where she's talking a little bit about her creative inspirations and a lot more. So without further ado, here's dialogue with Stephanie and again, apologize for losing the first part of the interview with her. So there's a lack of lack of creativity. No, I was actually saying that's what I appreciate about a lot of, you know, typically marginalized groups is that they have been able to showcase their creativity through art mm-hmm. um, and through, you know, many different forms. But we haven't really seen that translate to products yeah. that have a global appeal, right? We're, all, we're, we're constantly creating products that appeal to our own niche markets, but none that's, you know, has the impact of a WhatsApp or Facebook or Instagram, right? So I want to see more pushing more youth in that direction as opposed to what you know what's been what we've seen thus far okay what would you say your biggest challenge has been starting out at stanford going to mit just in your own journey right as a creative what has been what was your biggest challenge when you first started and like even now like what would you say is one of your biggest challenges that you kind of come across as well yeah you know to, to create it's, it's lack of representation and lack of precedence, right? So I feel like, you know, I'm a creative in the technology space. Right. Which we don't have a lot of examples of. Right. But black creatives in music, black creatives in art, black creatives in acting, black creatives in comedy, we have so many examples of that dating back to 1800s, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you can pull, you can draw from that. I don't have anything to draw from. I'm, in a sense, you know being I'm walking on the moon right yeah. because I can only I can only be motivated by what I see the vision of the future is not from what has happened in the past right okay looking back at your upbringing and the things that you experienced in DC I know southeast especially within the last within the last 8 years southeast has become extremely gentrified I'm familiar with the area I have a friend that lived there I have friends that are from there but back in the day it was an area in DC that you didn't really want to go to. It wasn't a desirable sort of place. So how have those things reflected part of your creative process and just how's that kept you driven? It's not only has it kept me driven, I feel like it's prepared me for this uh, journey because being a bootstrapping entrepreneur, you have to get very comfortable with being poor and resourceful. Yeah. Um, and as that's, you know, that's like the staple of the hood, right? Like you make do with what you have. Right. Um, and, you know, that's by far the biggest asset that I've had because, you know, I'm not able to raise capital as quickly as my, my peers. Um, in terms of, you know, how it's affected my creativity in this space, um, I, I think I have just a competitive advantage in that I've seen every 
stratosphere of the socioeconomic environment in this country, right? I've, you know, I know what it's like to be on welfare. At the same time, I vacation on Martha's Vineyard. You know, at the same time, I've, you know, engaged with, you know, all my family's from Detroit. So I've seen how folks go from haves to haves, not have nots really quickly. Um, and so I think having that broad range of perspective of different types of communities and people really drives, um, you know, my product design and, and understanding that, you know, what I create has to have an appeal to people who aren't top one percenters. And I think that's the significant disadvantage of Silicon Valley is they're building products and creating things based on their very limited peer group of folks yeah. who, you know, everyone in their family went to college. Every, you know, they have trust funds. They don't, they have no idea what it's like not to know, you know, how are you going to make rent yeah. next month, right? They haven't, it's, it's so, and that affects design in, yeah. in so many different ways. Can you talk about your process at that time? And, you know, when we talk about starving artists, you could be starving to create. You could be literally starving and hungry. You could be starving to get out of whatever your nine to five is and do pursue your passion. So can you talk a little bit about or just share your experience when you were starving, like what your process was to get out of starving and to fully pursue your dreams and how important was from, from being from going from starving and, and looking at what drove you out of that place, how important was having brand partners or financial backing or just people that could give you a few dollars here and there, whatever sort of support that they could do to help you along your path? Yeah, that's a good question. So it's very important. For me personally, being in a position of extreme need really drives, like, like it brings out the best in me. It's kind of like, you know, the the Michael Jordan with the flu in the fourth quarter, right? Yeah, it's just, it, it, that's it, a good it, analogy. It, it forces you to overperform yeah. um, versus when I'm comfortable, I get a little, you know, I procrastinate more. I'm like, ah, oh, you know, it'll work itself out type of thing. Versus when you're hungry, it's like you're, it, it permeates throughout every aspect yeah. of your performance. But I'm, I'm glad you brought up the idea of partnerships and investors because it's, it's a humbling experience when, you know, you're asking someone for money or resources Very. that you, particularly if you've had those resources before, but you're now intentionally poor um, because, you're, you know, you have this vision and they just give it to you. No questions asked just because they believe in you. Yeah. Not because they think, you know, you're this great business person or artist is just like, I don't really understand what you're doing, but I believe in you. Yeah. And it's like, wow, like that just drives me even more to, you know, to validate like that you think I'm a great person. Like, I feel like I have to even prove it more than if I were just in this struggle on my own. So I've seen that happen in so many cases where it's like, I feel like I'm kind of, you know, on my last leg, last mile, and someone comes in and they're just like, yo, here's here's this, here's that, and no questions asked. I just believe in you. So, you know, God put it on my heart to help you because um, I think what you're doing is amazing. What do you do to overcome, like, those places of just kind of being at your last? You know, as a creative, what do you do creatively? How, how resourceful are you to turn things around and make those things happen? If you don't get that support, you know, what do you do to kind of get out of those spaces and um, continue to create? I try to keep really supportive circles around me. So I have a lot of, you know fans, if you will. And it's, you know, family members, people who are just, you know, who just met me in this space. Because um, I think the biggest, when, whenever I found myself in that 
mental emotional space of being on my last leg is often because I've been isolated for a long time. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it be in the office for two days straight or, you know, traveling and just disconnected from folks. Um, but whenever I just make a connection with someone um, who I know gets it and gets me and why I'm doing this, they always kind of bring me back up for air. Yeah. And it's like, ah, oh, thank you. I needed that because I was really losing sight of why I'm doing this. So having a support system, not only financially, but mentally and emotionally is yeah, key. Yeah, because it's easy to get isolated. So, you know, I'm sure this happens to artists all the time where you're, you know, you're in your loft or you're in your studio for days. You're trying to get something and it's just not quite working and you just become discouraged. And, and I don't think I, like physically, I don't think human beings are built to be in isolated environments. Like mm -hmm. even just touching someone yeah. or having eye contact, it creates a chemical response. Yeah. And so I understand like I need to sometimes reach out, even though it's not intuitive for me to call someone and say, hey, I just need to talk. I don't mm. really know what we're going to talk about, but I just need to kind of have this sort of human connection because I'm feeling really, really low about, you know, where I am with the company or whatever I'm doing at the time. Okay, dope. How important to you just in that path? And I know I asked you two questions in one. So what's your process like? What's my process? In creating. Yeah, that's a good question. Like I'm you got, you have, now. yeah, you um, have Blendor. I'm a student. I'm right. a student. So... Um, I most recently went through a major rebranding, mm -hmm. um, and so I literally spent a day just going through different brands of companies in this space that I admire, mm -hmm. and even looking at some that I think really suck, right? And I'm just digging through it. I don't know what I'm looking for. I'm just kind of like subconsciously processing things, yeah. and it just magically sinks in. It's almost like, you know listening to an audiobook while you're working, right? You're not, like, actively paying attention, but somehow it's sinking in. You see it. Yeah, so I'll just go, I'll just spend a day, like, okay, this looks good. This, I'll do screenshots, I'll save it, and I'll just start going. After the screenshots, I'll just start clicking through. Like, okay, I like that button. Okay, I like this color. I like this palette. I like, I like this position. Um, and I'll just go through that exercise. And next thing I know, when I start building mine, it's like, okay, yeah, this is... This is what I wanted. Okay. Yeah. So in your process of taking a day and, and kind of mm -hmm. reviewing and yeah. seeing what's happening in, in your space or in another space that you're interested in, mm -hmm. to get to where you want to be, how important is goal setting? Goal setting is important, but not as important as one would think. I mean, I, I have general goals about like where I want the company to go, um, but I, I think if I focus too much on long-term um, it inhibits my ability to be agile and responsive to what's happening in the short term. Hmm. Um, particularly as an entrepreneur, things are just going to change really, really quickly. Like some shit you thought was going to come through ain't going to come through. Right. You're going to have to figure out another angle, another way. Um, so I, if I'm too long-term focused, I miss those things. And yeah. I miss the ability to capitalize on opportunities very quickly. So I try to create a balance. Yeah. Of like, okay, this is what the broader goal is, but I know, you know, like I, so right now I'm fundraising, right? So all of my energy is like getting this money. Right. Everything I do is about getting this money. And that is part of a broader goal, but everything has to kind of fit into that. Right. So you would say that you don't necessarily write down a list of point by point, hey, I need to do this, this, and this. It's more you focus on one thing at a time. I do a 30, 60, 90 day plan. Right. But I've found that so that's you know, your short mid and long yeah 90 days is the longest 90 days is, like I literally when I think about June it's like mind-boggling to me because I'm like I have no idea what I'm gonna do where mm -hmm. I'm gonna be 
what's going on. Yeah. It seems so far away. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. Circling back to why we're here right now, what does it mean to you and how important is it being an innovator, being a creative in the tech space? How important is it and what does it mean to you to be a person of color? You know, how, how do you, how do you work with that on a daily basis? Like, you know, what does that mean to you? It means a lot to me and it always has in in any space that I've been in. I used to be a ski racer Mm. and it was important to me because you don't see that. Right. So I guess Independent of what I'm working on, I've always had a passionate about being representative of things that you don't see, disrupting Hmm. bias and stereotypes. Um, So I love it. I love going into meetings and events where I'm the only black person or the only black woman and, you know, just shattering whatever perceptions they think they have about us. I know a lot of people don't feel comfortable being in that position, but I take it on head on. I love it. I love it because... We would like to think that we all don't have to be representatives of our race or of our gender or what have you, but it's real. Yeah. It's real. And so if I can, in my little engagements with people, change what a black woman looks like, um, I take that responsibility. Okay. So you're, you would say it's your approach in general, not only as a person in the tech world and being an innovator, being a creative, creating this platform, but then also being a person of color, which is a minority, and then also being a woman. In the space is being minority. I think women are majority. I think there's a lot of women in this room. There's over 3 billion women. There's a lot of you guys yeah, out here. Yeah, about 51%. Yeah, I think you guys make up more than the men. Say so your approach is different because you have all those things that you kind of carry with you. And not as baggage, but just that's just part of who you are. No, it's, yeah, it's not as baggage. It's, it's not baggage to me. It's an opportunity. Right. It's an opportunity to show that there's more out there. There's things that are untapped. And if you ignore it, you're going to be left behind. You're going to be on the wrong side of history. And it's shown in every in every aspect of history, right? Like basketball started off as being all white guys, yeah. right? So I'm sure at some point they realized like, oh, these dudes are actually better than us. But how could that have happened if you don't have that first person saying, hey, can I play? Yeah. So that's me. I'm, I'm on the sidelines like, hey, can I play? <laughs> and I'm happy with that role. And that's what you want to do with Blender. Yep. Blender. Just get me in the game, coach. Get me in the game and everything else will make up for yep. Okay. When you hear and think about this word, what does it mean to you? What does it mean to you to be a creative? Mm. For me to be a creative, and I've touched on this a little bit already, drawing upon your own unique experiences, your environment, to create things that give people a really good perspective about your experience in this world. I'm like, so, you know, I love films, independent films, even though I, I'm, I can't. What's your favorite one? My favorite independent film? Damn, that's tough. Um, I really love Beasts of the Southern Wild. Mm. Um, Great film. There were a couple really good ones that came out of Sundance this year. Right. Um, I didn't get to see Nate Parker's film, but there was a really good one. Damn, you put me on the spot. <laughs> I... I just love actors who you don't see. They have this sort of natural, raw passion, emotion um, that I don't think you get with the name brand actors. Um, so that's particularly why I love Beast of a Southern Wild. But you know what draws me to that from those type of creatives is like you're exposing me to your world, like something that I can't even, I would have never thought about. Mm-hmm. But through your art, through your creation, I feel like I'm there. Like mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's the motivation behind the products that I create is that I want the folks that use it to feel, to have a, a reaction where they feel like 
you know, okay, I get this. This this makes sense to me. I, I'm able to have empathy. I'm able to, you know, be delighted. It's 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 that yeah, it's that perspective. It's the perspective. The perspective yeah. of emotion is of what being yeah. creative means to you. Yeah. Okay. Dope. Do you have anything you want to say to just aspiring creatives or people in innovators or people in tech and that just not necessarily want to do what you do, but that just have goals? You know, what would you say to, to anybody? Be comfortable with failure. Oftentimes, um, many of us are not in a position to be able to fail as often as others, but failure by far, and there's been studies on this, is the best indicator of success. Yeah. You know, it's hard to internalize that when you're really struggling, but that's that's the reality. The most successful people have failed a lot. How a many lot. times? Is, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to wrap this up, but you're saying a lot of this. <laughs> How many times do you think you have failed? Oh, many. I've been divorced. Mm-hmm. I've been rejected from many opportunities. I've, you know, lost relationships. I've had a failed company. I've lost money. Um, it's, it's unquantifiable. But, you know, I'm still healthy. I'm, you know, still motivated. So, you know, obviously you, you, you still have to think about self-care as you're failing. But, you know, it's by far the, the hugest asset you can have is failure. Okay. And where can we find you? What's, what's your Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, yeah, so LinkedIn? My, I mean, what's your blend door? Do you, have a, you guys have your own thing yet? We don't have our own thing. Maybe that's next. We, I mean, you know, we have at blend door on Twitter. Um, at Blender app on Instagram. My personal Twitter is at Stephanorial, which is just combined Stephanie and Entrepreneurial. And okay. Hopefully it'll come up. Okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you can find us on Facebook, um, facebook.com slash Blender app. Um, one of the things that I'm doing soon, I want to create um, a YouTube channel slash Vine. We're figuring it out of like MTV Cribs meets um, people of color in tech. Mm. So I realized that this generation coming up they're not motivated by all this feel good talk about stem we need to show them like this is how you make money yeah this is what your life can be um it sounds superficial but that's the reality like teenagers want to know like how am i going to get a big house and a nice car and be able to travel to europe like jay-z and beyonce through tech and the reality is people are doing that but you don't see them yeah so we want to highlight i already got some folks in mind that work at google and microsoft or have tech startups my homeboy has, drives a Tesla, first-generation Tesla, black dude yeah. with a startup. But, you know, kids in Atlanta and New York and D.C. don't have any visibility in that. So I want right. to kind of create a Vine or a YouTube that, like, shows, like, it's actually really sexy to be in tech. I'm looking forward to that. I think that's the new, not necessarily that's the new wave, but I think content creation and storytelling through content is really, really big. And that's, you know, what we're doing here with Chats with the Starving Artists is really diving into those things that aren't being talked about and creating a dialogue. And then with it, being able to tell a story. So you're telling a story with whatever your journey's been, but then also you're telling the story of what's going to happen as well, too. So I think that that's, you know, that's that's the future, hopefully, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. Okay, dope. Well, thank you so much for taking a few minutes out of your amazing time and your busy schedule to, to sit with us here at Chats with the Starving Artist. Super, super grateful and appreciative to have you and congrats again on your award earlier this evening and guys thank you so much for tuning in and like she said at stephanoriel is personal is the personal twitter are you on instagram too Yes, no. but that's private. Okay, I, so that's private. I have some like half naked carnival pictures. Yep, yep. Trinidad. I know how that goes. <laughs> and then Blendor is the app that she's uh, in the platform that she's created. So please be sure to check her out. 
And again, be sure to share this content. Be sure to share the episodes with anybody that you know that could be inspired. And if you're inspired, please leave some feedback and leave some notes and leave some reviews um, in the App Store, on the iTunes, and even on SoundCloud as well. And please share this with your friends as much as possible. And any feedback you have for me, rate it, rate the app. Because then when you rate the app, that also creates visibility for other people to see what we're talking about in a dialogue that's being created. So thank you guys again for tuning in to another episode with Chats of the Starving Artists here at South by Southwest with Moving 50 at Creative Ian underscore Ian. Also, be sure to look out for Stephanie and amazing things that she has going on. Thank you guys. And until next time, see you later. Bye.